0: Welcome to Chatting with Chemeketa, the show where we talk about everything related to college. Whether you're someone considering coming to Chemeketa, a current student, or an alum, a member of the community, or part of our local business and industry, we've got you covered. I'm Jessica Howard, president of Chemeketa Community College.
1: And I'm Les Wilges, in today's episode, we're going to talk about College English and Electronics, Electrifying Pairing, I might add.
0: Yes, this is the E! episode, English Electronics. Let's take on College English first. And to help with that, Daniel Couch from our English department is joining us. Welcome, Daniel.
2: Thank you, Jessica. Thanks, Celeste, for having me.
1: And I'd like to maybe just focus on a little bit how important English is now, especially in the world of texting and social media and how some of the English has gone down the drain, you know? So I'd like to hear more about what you had to say about all of this. Uh, and by the way, we just wanna add that you are the co-chair of the English program, correct?
2: At the moment I am, yes. Oh boy, text speak. I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of my colleagues in, in the English program would agree with me when, when I would say that those different sorts of genres of writing, texting or the kinds of things that you might do on social media, absolutely valid, you know, kinds of writing. Uh, we could we, when we judge them or say that they're going down the toilet, you know, that's only in comparison, maybe to standard written English that we often teach in our classes. But we can honor those. Right. The, the thing that I think maybe in more of my composition classes that I want students to understand is that just like we might code switch in real life, we have to sort of be aware of the different genres that we're writing in and making sure we're obeying the conventions that are appropriate to them as they go, right? So I'm not going to dog on texting, right? Sure, Um, sure, yeah. I did make sure that my father um, knew that he no longer had to sign his texts (laughs) uh, when he would send them to me. Um, (laughs) That's pretty good. But Yeah, but beyond that, um, I'm open to that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the English program. The English program, um, I'm currently the co-chair and we've got a lot of really exciting things uh, going on right now. Uh, We're excited for next year uh, as well. But one of the things that I see here at Chemeketa is that the English program plays a huge role in the vitality of of the campus. And I think it helps that we have a president of our college who has at least one English degree. How many do you have? I I do have one
0: English degree, but a humanities doctorate. So, you you know, uh, fun fact, (laughs) Um, most, this is what I've read, so don't. You know, hold me to it, but I've read that the majority of CEOs of, of companies, particularly major companies, uh, whether in STEM, science, technology, in- engineering, and mathematics, or not, are humanities-trained individuals. And that's because of the need to be able to communicate and connect. And to go back to your point, Les, in our heavily mediated, texted, online, screen time world, um, the ability to connect to connect authentically and to be able to create community, I think is more important than ever, and will grow even more important. And that's where uh, subjects like English are absolutely critical to be to building those skills and to understanding other worlds.
2: That's right, and I'm so glad like they get to hear it from your mouth, right? Because so often English majors get a bad reputation as being a degree with no sort of obvious pathway. But that's because there's so many, right? You can be a college president. You can be a CEO. Um, before I was teaching at Chemeketa full time, I was in the nonprofit world as a as a grant writer and and doing work like that, right? You can so be on radio. You could be on radio. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. In fact, you are on radio. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a deceptively practical degree, and that's why not so deceptively. That's why it's a part of every general education curriculum because being able to communicate. Uh, being able to write a good cover letter, being able to apply for a scholarship, being able to to do all of those things for a variety of audiences, right? To be able to talk to your dad in writing and then your fifteen uh, year old, right? This is a lot of uh, understanding language and and habits and rules and un- unwritten rules, all those things. It's it's a it's incredibly important.
2: It is, and what I like about our discipline is. You're learning those skills, but you don't necessarily know in the moment that you're learning them because so much of the classes that we offer here at Chemeketa feel like when I was an undergraduate many, many years ago, I had this wrongheaded notion that education was something I had to shoulder my way through, right? Uh, that if it wasn't a little miserable if it wasn't hard, then it wasn't worthwhile. And so I went to um, the University of Texas at Austin, and I was pretty sure I was gonna be a math major, right? I took all the math classes, taking the science classes, it wasn't until maybe my second year that I finally took an English class.
0: Yeah, and I would say, first yeah. of all, hook em horns. Thank you. And secondly, you. I would say, also being from Texas, I had no idea I was going to get an English degree either. I came in as a music major, and what ended up happening was I just kept taking English classes beyond what I was required to do because I love to read. Mm-hmm. And by about you know halfway through, I realized if I keep this up, I'll have a whole not only will I have a fantastic library, <laughs> but I will have a whole second degree in something that is I love. So you're right. It's it's a journey of, of adventure.
2: That's right. That's right. When I was in that same state as you um, and I was trying to decide what my major would be because I officially came in as undecided, I couldn't believe that this was one of my choices. Right? I thought, they let you get a degree in this? This is just fun. <laughs> right? Um, and so... Mm. Here at Chemeketa, we offer a lot of um, literature courses. We have an introduction to fiction, introduction to poetry. Um, next year, we'll be running a mythology and folklore class, uh, as well as a British literature series. That's what we're offering next year. But in all of them, it gives you a chance to, to learn those skills that you were talking about, um, even though you may not realize that's what you're doing. And it's Skills that the marketplace is going to value, even if there's not this sort of direct pipeline into a very specific degree like Chuck and electronics is going to talk about.
0: So if you're a really big fan, like I'm sure my buddy Les is, (laughs) Game of Thrones and, you know, I don't know, any kind of D&D or perhaps interstellar space. You know, what, these various- uh, what you, finally, what I would,
1: you finally hit on something, hit but, but Game of Thrones- I've I've never, I've never well, seen. So well, it, but in, uh, so red, many people
0: yeah. have. So this mythology course, right. I'm wondering if that isn't, um, you know, a vein that a lot of people would find rich to explore. You've never watched Game of Thrones? Never
1: watched it, no. I like the, actual space and things You like, like actual that. space? Yeah, you know, yeah. And so, I know, I know. Or, no, or but it, but science that's fiction. Science fiction. Science that's fiction. A, there you, you go. Know, I'm, I'm okay with Star Trek,
2: but, you know. Okay, all um, right. We,
0: but I would think this would have a lot of um, yeah. popular interest is my point.
2: Absolutely. It's yeah. one of the most popular classes we offer is the mythology and folklore.
1: I'm reading a book about that right now, too, oddly enough. You know. But on the topic, go on with the program. Yeah. What well, you have to offer.
2: You know, beyond, beyond uh, the class offerings that we have for students, um, English is working really hard to make Chemeketa uh, a campus that's vital, especially now, um, for, for all the students. So, for example, not every Monday, but several Mondays in any term, we have something in the art gallery that we call soapbox poetry. And this is where we get hmm. um, poets and, and sometimes non-poets to come and, and read poetry. When they made me do it, I just read other people's poetry. We have people come in and read. And it's a, it's a wonderful break from sort of what can sometimes feel like a stressful workday to just luxuriate in poetry for 20 minutes um, and it's open to everyone. It's open to all students. It's open to all the faculty. And it's a really nice event that one of our English faculty, Tammy Jabin, has been running for many years.
1: And this happens once a week, a month, I would say, uh, what, once eight, in a while. four times a term, maybe? It, okay.
0: Yeah, at least. And sometimes, I mean, we we had a period where we had one every week for two or three weeks because just of kind of how it all um, read, worked out. You, read, you know, when I first came, when I first came, they asked me to do it. And I after an initial, um, you know... <laughs> panic attack. um actually, i can cons- i took I noticed that we have a poetry class, and I took a lot of poetry classes in my undergraduate um experience because I just it just I just started gravitating toward it, and we had a literary magazine, and it was all these things. And so I thought briefly when I was asked um, of reading the things that I had written back then. But then, you know, I took them out, I took a look at them and I thought, man, I'm not sure um, I'm ready for this. So I picked my some of my favorites and some also some new, um, new poems that I thought were really cool. And it, it's just a great way to connect with your colleagues, but also students are in there. And it's just, I mean, it's just sort of like the life of the mind that you get to share. And, you know, I don't get to say what, what is it or isn't poetry for somebody else so it's an opportunity to really um i think you know enjoy each other and expression in general so that that's one of the really exciting i think things that are sort of on yeah, extracurricular mm-hmm. english activities but i think are we also considering maybe an english club
2: yes we are um so this is not something that the english faculty has pushed um because it really does have to come from student interest. But there's a student right now who is gathering signatures to start an English club, and I think that's wonderful. Um, So I'd like to just sort of put this out right now. If anybody uh, is interested in joining this club, he's looking for a few more signatures, please get in contact with me through uh, my Tremecita email, and I will pass you along to that student. But I'd love to see that happen. For
1: someone who has no idea, you know, what is an English club? What do you do?
2: Right. Well, I mean, I'm going to say that this student's going to have the prerogative to decide what that is, but I think it's a chance to connect with people who um, maybe share that same love of literature. Um, I don't know about about you, but sometimes my family who don't necessarily understand what it means to be an English major thinks that as an English major, that means you love all books. Um, And so at Christmas... (laughs) If it's hardbound, that's the present, right? <laughs> have you had this happen? Oh yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, so it's a chance to connect with people who maybe have a more uh, refined understanding of, of what it means to love literature and to to love reading and to find each other and and share these ideas together, right? What was what was
1: um, for both of you? What was the worst book you have ever given to read?
0: wow you you mean like in an english class like required reading or just even as
1: a president at any time someone said here i get this great book for you to read you know okay you know and then
0: i i I, this is an easy one for me because because people are always giving me leadership books and and i not that they're not worthwhile but they are not fun to read you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm not kidding it's like you know a lot of lists what about Mm -hmm. you daniel
2: you know my father-in-law, who I love, of course, will often bring a huge stack of books through media mail, uh, or when he comes to visit, and and they're all over the place. This last visit, he came uh, with books on Houdini, books on <laughs> Houdini. Uh, James Bond. Okay. Um, uh, he and I both share a love of music. Um, yes, that's right. Uh, we share that as well. I love this. Um, and so. As a boomer, he likes to bring me books on Dylan and the Beach Boys and things like that. I'm probably going to read that one.
0: Oh, I would hope. Yeah. Hey, before we forget, what is this? um, I've heard of something called Chemeketa Writes.
2: Yes. So this is a a really cool program that we have uh, at Chemeketa where we will invite a published author to come and do a reading. It'll happen at the art gallery like uh, Soapbox Poetry and run a workshop. So this is something that's open to students to come and, and check out, but also to the community, right, to come and participate in this workshop mm. if they want to do that. We're really excited. We just found out for the next academic year that we're going to have Emmy Lund um, be Ooh. our chemeketa Writes author, and she's written a book called uh, The Boy with the Bird in His Chest. I have not read that yet, but when I teach my Introduction to Fiction next winter, I'm going to be assigning that book as well. And I'm hoping that maybe she'll she'll come and meet with the students um, as part of that as well.
0: That sounds, sounds super good. exciting. Yeah. It does sound good.
2: If I can make one more plug, I'm really proud of the English faculty that I work with. Such an incredible group. We did something that I think was a first at Chemeketa in that we started a faculty-led scholarship out of our pockets. Wow. Uh, I think other departments have followed suit, but that's okay. Really? Uh, yeah. We were th- still the first. And so... We award $1,500 to one budding young English major every year. We're excited. We should be making that selection uh, at our next program meeting. Um, But if there are any English majors at Chemeketa out there, I encourage you to apply. It's a really cool thing that we like to do and sort of protect and nurture our English majors here at Chemeketa. It
1: sounds great.
0: That sounds amazing. Well, Daniel, this is just another obvious way in which our English faculty are contributing to the amazing life and support on campus for students. And I think general education classes are so important in broadening perspectives. And um, I know our English faculty take this to heart and prepare our students to be lifelong learners. So it All of you out there, if you want to know more about Chemeketa's English program or Chemeketa's transfer degrees, write us at chatter at chemeketa.edu and we'll answer your questions through email or on an upcoming show. Thank you so much, Daniel, for all you do at Chemeketa and for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Be back with uh, Chemeketa's electronics program. Stay tuned.
0: Do you enjoy helping people and are also interested in a career in health sciences? Consider becoming a pharmacy technician. Employers everywhere are actively seeking trained pharmacy techs. Chemeketa Community College offers hands-on training that will lead to a rewarding career in as little as nine months. What are you waiting for? Visit go.chemeketa.edu pharmacy and apply today. Welcome back to Chatting with Chemeketa. We have a special guest joining us now. It's Chuck Secafetz from Chemeketa's electronics and robotics program. Welcome, Chuck.
3: Uh, Good day, lesson uh, Jessica. Thank you very much for having me here.
0: When
1: I was in high school, we had a a mini-week thing, okay? So, you know, everybody just does something else for a week, you know, so I picked electronics, you know, and then, and I brought in a model radio to, you know, solder together and all that kind of stuff. And so I took all this time to do it, and then the thing didn't work. <laughs> Even the instructor couldn't get it to work for me, you know? So, um, uh, yeah, so that's, um, that's my experience with electronics. I didn't go into electronics as far as building, but, mm-hmm. um, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about the program.
3: Well, as far as our program, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of our program here. And um, my background with electronics is I started out, Decades ago with my Uncle Bernie, we, we actually wound up his very first Heathkit a computer and we made sure the, heart, the floppy disk drive was wound. We actually had to wind the coils on that oh, floppy nice. disk drive to make wow. it work. And then, you know, later on I worked for, uh, well, at that point, then Myron Franks was still going on downtown Salem and Radio Shack down there. And I was going downstairs and Myron Frank and learning how to program. They had computers down there, and so we were programming down there. And then it was pretty much at school. You know, we we're just starting to get into it, but really, where I kind of really started getting into it was I was working for a company in McMinnville uh, after high school and started to uh, work for this Evergreen Air- International Airlines, and we had a robot there, and it got, kind of piqued my interest, and I really kind of wanted to do some more with it. So they were let me take home a monitor one time, and I kind of did something kind of well, not so much like you, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, I I I, I, I opened up a monitor and. I was stuck a screwdriver where I shouldn't have put it, oh, and the no. screwdriver flew across the room. And it was, it was a lot of fun, and at that point I knew I had to learn some more about doing what I was doing here. It was and electrifying. So it was very electrifying, yeah. It was, uh, I'm glad someone wasn't walking through the door at that time. And it was, um, it was a lot of fun uh, to come back. And I came to school here. Uh, it was something that just felt very natural to do. So uh, you're an
0: alumni,
3: I'm an alumni. Okay. So I am an alumni. So I graduated. I graduated '92. Uh, we were uh, a little different back then, uh, but very much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, still very much rooted in the fundamentals, and it was a it was a great course to be through. A lot of the folks that I work or went to school with, did some amazing things as well as the students do today. So uh, we had people who went to work for KPTV Channel 12. Uh, I ourselves, you know, we, we actually helped KMUZ at one point get on the air. Uh, oh, did you? The, the very first equipment okay. that came through it was donated by KEX. Came well, through our 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 department. It came through, and we checked it all out. We made sure all the racks and CD systems were working and stuff. So, yeah. that was. And we did the site evaluation for the pro, for the site outside of Prospect Hill, over towards there for a while. Yeah, so, right. we did that initial stuff before it went to the lawyers and stuff. So, it was a lot of fun. So, again, we do a lot of different things. It's one of those enjoyment things that I get to do uh, because after I learned that don't stick screwdrivers here, I wanted to learn, you know, how to do it properly. So, yeah.
0: Well, I understand that um, as you talk about, you know, why you decided to to go into electronics, there's a story about a bear.
3: Yes. Um Long story short, I've told this story multiple times. It always says the same thing because I've been attacked by a bear twice in my life, Good and choice. I actually wrestled it to the ground. Are you or I actually serious? wrestled, it dead serious, Good literally dead serious. I, no,
1: was it a koala bear? <laughs> no, it, it was a,
3: it was a black bear. It was about a year and a half old. Good, um, oh, okay. I, so I was, small. Well, yeah. and and, and that I was... that was, like, you know, at least, you know, like, yeah, along along the lines, the along those same over. lines. I had a pair of lions and a leaguer that I was taking care of as too. That was my job for oh, at Evergreen okay. for a while. Mm-hmm. And after I got attacked by the bear to the second time and, and a lion. This would come around, and I finally said, "No more, no more." So this and is
0: why you're not scared of coming on radio.
3: I am not scared of very much anymore. <laughs> I, I I don't hide sometimes, but that's a different Goodness. story. But but yeah, it's it was a, and again that's a longer story yes. that I can tell you okay. about. You know, if you want to hear it. But but that
0: got um, you into into electronics. It,
3: it, what, well, what happened was um, I was very fortunate. I had run a bulletin board system. My wife had just finished up her dental systems program here, and has was uh, started. And local dentist, and I was working for Evergreen, and Dell Smith had always told me to go back to school, go back to school, go back to school, and he wanted to, you know, do all sorts of stuff, and I admire him for that. And um, after the second time I got attacked by a bear, I was like, I'm done. And, I, and my wife was like, What are you gonna do? I said, I'm gonna go back to school, and you know, like a lot of our students do, right? I'm I'm done with my job. I'm I'm done. I have to do something different. And so I walked over, I came over to Chemeketa the day after I quit, and um, I was talking to this guy at the time of Bob Hunter. And I don't know if you ever got to tell of meeting Bob Hunter, but he was over in the IT department for a number of years, but before that he was a counselor and a most wonderful counselor because we were sitting here talking. He was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And we were talking about robotics and computers and all this. And he goes, you know what? He goes, wait a minute. You're Chuck And I went, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm Chuck. I mean, I know that. He goes, no, I'm, I'm Bob. And I said, you're Bob? Yes. He goes, no, <laughs> Bob Hunter of Hunter Communications. We used to run bulletin board systems, chats between our computers all the time because we had the same type of problems with our users and stuff like that. And he goes, I know exactly where you need to go. And I mean, when I say he grabbed me by the hand, he grabbed me by the hand and he walked me up to, at that time, Gary Boynton's office, which is a program chair of electronics. And he said, sit. And I sat. And I, he goes, and he told Gary, he goes, this guy's going to be in your program. And I said, OK. And Gary said, OK. And in, at that point, he walked. That, we used to have to have someone schedule our classes for us at that time. And uh Gary didn't said, Okay, you're gonna be in one of our programs so and he walked me over to Mary Bell B, who was my very first instructor here. Well, when you say the very first, because I was in the very first modem class back in nineteen eighty-eight or eighty-nine. Mm. We had a modem class about how to get online. It was amazing. And uh, basically that's what started it. Well so it, it got me right in.
0: It's just a great story to hear because you know, I think that it is not unusual at all to oh. have folks who are they have a job, they have what they you know are doing yeah. for a living and then there comes that moment when they say you know this is not and it doesn't have to have a bear no. involved <laughs> no. uh, but but it could but yeah. but the idea being that you know what this is this is not what i had in mind and no. so and i think the idea of coming onto campus or making that connection and then letting us show the world to you Oh, and then yeah. you get to have a whole nother lease on life. I mean, that is really a powerful and, story.
3: And, and one of those things that I take great pleasure in doing is that, you know, I make sure that people know if I meet them on outside of campus or something like that, and they're saying, I'm interested in going to school. And I said, well, here's my business card. All you have to do is go into Shimek and say, hey, I'm looking for Chuck. They're going to know exactly who you're talking about. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you go. You're going to say, you know, the bald guy in electronics <laughs> or something like that. You know. Exactly. And I give, as far as I'm concerned, some of the best tours. I make sure I, I'm, I, I want people for my program, but I want people to come here and, and change their lives because right. that's what it did for me. I mean, it literally changed my life. Um, after I graduated from here, before I even graduated, I had a job with Intel.
0: That's incredible. I, I, was, I, was,
3: hmm. I was done. I, it, was, it was a job no. for Intel. Um, and I went up there for seven years. I retired after seven years from, with a two-year degree. I made enough money to pay for my house in five. I was, you know, it's one of those type of things. You want wow. to say, and so what I see that I got to do, then what I know my students can do, it's the same, they have that same opportunities. I just want to make sure people see those same opportunities too. So, um, I, hence the reason why I was able to afford to come back and teach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Well, you and, this,
0: and this whole area of electronics, I don't think people understand the scope.
3: Oh, you know the scope of what we do. So, you know, we think about electronics, we think about semiconductors, but we forget about food and beverage you know there's so many controls in the process control of even alcohol or wine or beer or spirits or food process which've got huge food processors here um, I actually helped put a, a small satellite into space on with Space Tech which is a National Science Foundation group uh, so that's another thing of luck I mean you anywhere as you look there's gonna be electronics in fact like I said with radio uh, you know we were talking about ham radio uh, I'm not just a ham radio operator I'm an FCC proctor I'm a you know I've got my skills down for that type of stuff, stuff it's about communication it's about all that um, it's, it's
0: almost like it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So,
3: I mean, you can't, I mean, I always say, I always kind of challenge my students, where, where do you see electronics not? And they're like, B-b-b-. I was like, um, you know, we track animals. We put little colors on them and we look them through in Africa and, and you know, at the hospital. Too oh, yeah, we track bears, Oh, yeah, we <laughs> track bears. And, you know, and then my students, if they want to go to like, the hospitals, I said, yeah, you can go to work for the hospital. If someone's got to calibrate all that equipment. All that equipment. That's, you know, Salem Hospital, they have, met to certified techs so my students with just a little bit extra classes I,
0: I love that question it's not where are electronics it's where, where it's in the not. world aren't there yeah. electronics and right. even as and especially as oh, yeah. the technology changes which is oh, happening yeah. so quickly the electronics piece is going to need to be part of all of that it's everything it's
3: ingrained in everything that we do um whether it's my smartwatch. Uh, to my cell phone, to you know everything, and, and, and that's just another story altogether. You know, talking about a smartphone and about this technology that we're working with today. You know, I got students who are on the forefront of this stuff. Okay, who are like working for these big companies still, and they'll call me and say, "Guess what? I'm working on Jack." And I'm like, "What?" And they like, "I can't tell you. It's top secret." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, thank you very much." And they're saying, yeah. "But, but, but what, what, what we can tell you is that the best is yet to come." And I'm like, that, "That's really cool, Tim. Thank you very much for you know raising me up and smashing my heart down." <laughs> but at the same time. It really talks about how long some of this technology takes. A brand new machine that Intel has up there, which, for my understand, I mean, I get it. It's a 100. It was 135 nanometers in thick, you know, for wavelengths, and now it's going to be 13.5. We're going to go into one tenth of the wavelength, which means the chips and everything is going to be smaller and faster and everything else. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it took 30 years to find, design, and build that machine. Wow. So the things that even we think today is like high tech what we forget about is that it took decades just to develop and generate it and to make it. I mean, we have these ideas. I mean, you go back to 1954, you can look at RCA talking about flat screen TVs. The idea that the transistor was gonna do that was amazing. And yet, they just didn't have the opportunity, the way of how do we make this happen. And I think that's one of my greatest joys is whenever we find those those new rungs on a ladder of how do we get from here to there? Because sometimes we're like, well, Eh, it's not that way, but can I find this other back door? <laughs> right? You know, we were talking about flux capacitors, and if we mm-hmm. all know about the flux capacitor, right? Oh yes, back it to was the future. Back to the future. And we we're all just thinking about motors. We are talking about motors just this other day, and my mind started whining because I always tell my students, I said, I have this little catchphrase, it's exactly the same but opposite, <laughs> or exactly the same but different. And, and, it, and it's what it is in electronics. It's exactly the same, but you can go from a couple different ways, solve things different ways. And I was thinking about motors, and I said, well, Can that mean that if I use induction for a motor, can I also use a capacitor for a motor? Because I should be able to do that. And if that would be, that would be a flux capacitor. (laughs) And I started thinking about it. I'm like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. You know, but it's those type of things that you start, that's where these inventions are coming from, from thoughts like that, that people are saying, well, if this is true, then I should be able to do this. And, you know, who knows if I might come up with an actual flux capacitor. I don't know, but it'll yeah. be kind of fun.
0: <laughs> when you talk about electronics and oh, I, farming, I, yeah. what I, you comes know, to mind? Because we've got an ag, you yeah, know, we have a yeah. whole ag. Well,
3: I'm, I'm part of that egg group. So it's, it's, it's for, for me, you know, I, I look at, uh, I, you know, farm to table and everything else, you know, we get that. But um, when you can't talk about farming anymore without talking about precision egg. What is precision egg? So use of drones and geospatial data to literally tell us where how much lime to put down on one area, and you know, we're not we get it sweet or sour for s- soils and stuff. We can do that with satellites too. But you know, so there's not been a time in recent history. I mean, you're talking about 30 years ago that this stuff has really been hitting it. Um, I come from that ag aspect too. You know, having to work on a farm. In the idea of of agriculture it is so ingrained anymore. From when you're talking about Monrovia nursery or robotics planting and reseeding stuff. It's just, it's there, it's, it's everywhere.
0: And, and this is where I think, this becomes part of a much larger conversation about the future of work and about education and about you know, having the kind of community that we have here at Chemeketa, where you can go you know, two steps over here and talk to our ag folks, be part mm-hmm. of a whole innovative conversation about precision ag and the future of, of that. Um, it just, it's ex- incredibly exciting. And I think having having you as part of this um, kind of culture of innovation that we have here is just huge.
3: Well, one of the things I really do like about this place here is that a lot of our programs really work very well together. And whether it's our department and the automotive department or, or machining program or welding or ag and everything else, everybody's working together because we all see that those overlap so much.
0: We're so proud of all the programs at Chemeketa that prepare our future workforce. And I just can't thank you enough, Chuck, for coming on the program. And and for all of our listeners, if you want to know more about what we've been talking about or just want to connect with Chuck, who is awesome, please sh- be sure to email us at chatter at edu. You can also send us comments about the show or suggestions for future topics.
1: But anyway, we hope you listen again next week. Um, For Chetty with Chemekra, I'm Les Wilgus.
0: And I'm Jessica Howard. Bye. Bye.